I am unashamed. What about you? They can take a sheet of music, Phil. They've never heard the song, and they can just sing it without ever hearing it. And it all sounds good. So when I started singing... Why are you there? Why are you there? I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere. I, I, where are we at? Yeah, where are you there? Uh, we're way back with my Genesis, right after Cain and Abel. Phil's had, a, Phil's had a thought. We got the children of Cain and Abel, and the, and the human race begins. Lamech married two women, one woman named Ada and Zilla. And that was pre-law of Moses, of course. Yep. Ada gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. Some people are good with cows. His brother's name was, are y'all listening, Jubal. This is Genesis chapter 4 for crying out loud, way back when the human race first started. Yeah. The brother of Jabal, his name was Jubal. Listen Jubal. carefully. He Jabal was, and Jubal. He was the father because you said some people just seem to have the knack. Yeah. Uh, Jubal, he was the father of all, everybody coming from the human race, who play the harp and flute. Really? You say, so some individuals, we, we've noticed, you say, it just seems like they were born with the gift, like Jace is talking about, yeah. singing, making music. Well, here's a verse way back over there that says, God made some people who are good. They are musically inclined. It's in their DNA, according to, to that you know text. It's yeah. actually a valid point. That's whether a great whether point. people believe in God or not, why are we always moved by, by music? And by the people and, who are really good at it. And who have yeah. the just the natural they skills. Just, they just have it's it. a multi, multi billion dollar industry. I've seen people that can sit down on a piano and just start they start playing and they, they hear and then they start making music. I, I have two kids. I know that's what I'm it. saying. It's Look, just incredible. And God would say, I did that. Right. I'm the one to put him out. Now another question would be, how in the world in Genesis chapter four, you know, five, at least five, six thousand years before Jesus came on the earth. Right. How in the world would someone know that? Yeah. yeah. How would Moses know there were people who were musically inclined and it came from Jubal until he wrote it down? He probably was like, whoa, you right. see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, what we've I tried to do it. is, you know, we sing, but you actually, it's a worship experience. We're worshiping a God that we believe is a, is real. I mean, I look around at his creation and see the transformed lives of people, and I say, there's a God, and he's alive. You remember that song? We had old songbook 728B. I mean, when I, he said that, I'd think, okay, there is <laughs> a God, God. He is alive. He is alive. <laughs> what I was going to say is when we practice, you know, because so, I'm there, I kind of give dissertations about worship experience from a biblical view. Then my wife, I handed over, we're, we're a team, you know, think Priscilla and Aquila, I guess. And then she deals with anything technical about singing, or, but it's not just singing, we're, we're worshiping God and we're trying to lead the congregation. So we have a little posse that we practice, but they were singing this song. We were all going to get up there and sing. So, and it was a four part, four part harmony. So I know I'm a bass. Well, just from being in there, I started like, trying to get by the bases, you know, and, and sing. But I noticed every time I'd get off, they would, they would like get real close to me and like be loud, you know, like, okay, <laughs> that were, means I'm all, they're like, listen to the me. The reason I gave you the Genesis 4 text <laughs> was to remind the people that uh, You're no our background, it, I, I, some in our background have suggested that stringed instruments are not allowed worshiping God. And I just read a text that says he, Put it Jubal, in was the father of all the ones of strings instruments. You take that and you say, and the, once the, the John the Revelator saw a vision and he looked up and he saw the 24 elders and all of them had a harp in their hand, which is a stringed instruments. And I think that's Revelation get, 5. Revelation yeah. 5. And it was given to them by God. And I'm like, Oh, well, it's in. It's I said, in. I've never it's read in. where stringed instruments were sinful, so <laughs> I'm just looking at it saying God made oh, yeah. people who are good at it, but don't ever make the mistake of playing them in front of me. That's what. <laughs> well, so some of these I'm people, not buying it. Some of these people attach it to the actual building, which Acts 17 says God does not live in buildings built by hands. So they're like, look, you can go down the road and listen to it and sing with it, but once you go into the building, then all of a sudden yeah. something... 
uh, I wouldn't say magical. That's a man-made regulation. Man-made regulation. And just for the for our listeners, we come out of a acapella heritage, so that's why this I is, love acapella we've discussed music. this in ad yeah. nauseum for most of our lives. So that's if you do, you know you don't come out of our heritage, you're like, what are they talking? You know about? what got me on it is First Thessalonians four. When Jesus comes back, it says God will blow a trumpet. Well, you know if that's when we're going, and He breaks out a trumpet. If somebody wants to break break out a guitar and sing praises to God, I'm like, this okay. is this is a loud, big time trumpet here. Oh, I'm telling you, Can you world know? worldwide trumpet. Uh, you'll remember most wild. You'll remember this conversation when you hear the hear the trumpet. <laughs> yeah, but I'll give you. You know, it's duck season. The ducks have not come down here today. We got two Mallard Drakes, but it it's not about the quantity; it's the quality because they were two of the prettiest. You are correct. Things I've ever seen. These these. Two milers, they came, they were singles, you know, but you know, they came about an hour apart. I mean, you could tell they came from way up north, coming high. They see our little there were dots spread. Yeah. Dots in the sky. And their wings locked, you know, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. We start calling lightly. Phil was doing most of the calling. We was hitting them on the corners and they literally just came down into the spread. It was like you're so excited to shoot him, and then when you get up, you realize there's no chance he can get out of here. Like but is this is this is this true that single drakes? Because a lot of times they will just come right into your duck hole. So is it kind of like duckharmony.com? Like they're single, they're looking, well, they don't have their mate. It's right? Like me, a duck call is because a group a, oh. of ducks don't usually respond as well. Is that single Drake, is it because he's looking for no, the hen? Is yeah, that that, he's looking for the hen. So I'm know, thinking it's duckmingle.com. It, uh, uh, it will turn from where it is now. A lot of duck hunters don't realize that they're in a in the one of the best groups, a hot hole they've ever been on up through Arkansas and uh, on up in some great spots up there. We're on a spot that's not that great. But right. we do, there are enough ducks to come down that it's a good spot, but it's not a great one. So I could hunt great spots every day if I wanted to. So see, but we this just is, chose to just just have see, a it's close to the house. It's like one of our hunting parties said yesterday because we have this has been I would say the worst first split of a duck season ever. I do believe numbers wise. Last year was about the same. Yeah. Well, I did a little bit it's, early. But we're coming water. off the worst duck season in twenty. So years. one of our hunting party yesterday your son-in-law <laughs> said you know what i've realized because what we had we had 10 no, no i think it was seven seven scalp which are we call them blackjacks and they're pretty far down the table fair they came in i mean this they, it sounded like an aircraft carrier was crashing in our decoys well i assumed everybody heard that because it was just <laughs> in there splash 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 so I stood up and I see three of them in the decoys. So I started counting one, two, and everybody knows in the blind that means We're fixing to shoot. I'm fixed to shoot at three. I didn't even say three. I'm down I, there doing something in the other end of the blind, and I just yep. heard a countdown, which means somebody is trained on ducks and fixed to ground swat them. Uh, well, yeah. that's, so, a, that's an unwritten code. All I heard was so, one, two. Well, um, we had already gotten to two in <laughs> – that long one two well that didn't leave me well one more second well they start shooting we've started the argument look again. there's 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 their ringnecks actually the ringnecks jay said scop all right scop but they were sitting out there right in front of me but i didn't know that i didn't hear i didn't well, hear it now we have i just heard problem. a man giving the countdown i said well they're ground swatting the teal or something over in the edge of the decoys, about 60 yards. Maybe they hope they get him. Well, I'm looking up where they're pointing their guns, and there's about four or five of these ringnecks sitting on my right at about 30 yards. But mm. I didn't know that. The ducks were on their side. I raised up, knocked down two of them. Well, Burley said he couldn't see for the brush. Yep. Jay was behind the blind taking a leak. Si was asleep yep. on, on the bench. Mm-hmm. And Phil, he just he didn't hear you know as well as he used to. And so when I was doing the countdown, I thought everybody had trained guns. No, I was the only one. So you're thinking so, you got backup. Well, it spawned a big argument. And then when Jay got here, Jay got back. He was like ripping us because he was like, that was pitiful. I mean, them ducks letting the decoys. And y'all get two? What's wrong with y'all? And I was like, well, you weren't even in the blind. <laughs> you're part of this. <laughs> I mean, 
I feel like, you know, I'm with some kids. Do you need to go to the bathroom, Johnny? <laughs> so now we're enjoying some more of our delicious Black Rifle coffee. There's just something about if you're going to call coffee, which we drink very strong coffee, but if you're going to call it Black Rifle in this neck of the woods, that just goes together. I mean, it, it coffee, makes... Coffee, rifles... It makes you want to drink it, right? Coffees it's, and guns. That's yeah. exactly right. Well, that's th- that's these guys. That's their story. Uh, these guys are veterans um, out in Colorado. They've uh, they've come up with this small batch coffee, which is really really good. They first sent us when we first were you know doing ads for them. They sent us down some lighter roast, and we said, no, "We need the darkest that you have because we want the black black rifle coffee, which is now Think what they sent. Fine, strong black." coffee and and guns that shoot straight right what else do you want <laughs> as, as a man what else would you want out of life that's exactly right so we want to encourage you guys uh to to try your black rifle coffee the best way to do it is to join up with our coffee of the month club uh so basically they're going to send you coffee every month which is what the way we get it uh so you got a special thing going on in the month of december uh, they're going to give you some of their best bundles uh, for you to try, which is fantastic. We love it. Uh, like I said, it fits our whole what we're trying to do. Not That's only perfect. great coffee, but obviously these are great guys to support. Uh, so we call it Freedom Field Coffee. That's what they call it. So sign up for their Black Rifle Coffee Club. Uh, check it out. Basically, you go to blackriflecoffee.com slash fill. So slash feel, uh, and that's going to allow you to get a discount, 20% off your first order of any coffee products, uh, including signing up for the coffee club. So uh, we are, are highly pleased with our Black Rifle experience. When and may your aim always be true. People were getting uh, <laughs> testy, Al, <laughs> yeah. over five or six ring necks. Yeah, I, I said, boys, you don't want to get let the argument flare up too much over ring necks. But what Jay made a profound statement. He said, what I realize is it's not about how many ducks you kill. It's about ripping the guy next to you. And he's really right because, look, all this panic has set in because you're trying to do something to get ducks. Look, we, we said Phil was flaring all the ducks the other day by his beard. Look, so he comes out two days later looking like. Everybody take a look at this. This was like this. Great, great. They used to call me the gray beard, but now my name is changed. Blackbeard. Blackbeard. He went through about a 10, for 10 years he looked like Cypress Small. See, here, let's make the comparison. There you go. So yeah. that, that's an accurate there you go. cover of your book. We there thought that might be flaring the ducks because it got a little too white. Yep. It's this, like mine. I have speckles, of, but mine's still cypress mossy. This here and, and brush and all, this was this stood out too much. And I, and I thought, you know, and they kept saying, you know, you, you scared them. So I went with the black whiskers. So you're not really trying to make a youth statement. It's so more everybody of a, thought you might be trying to get back on the scene. Yeah. Like, no, no. <laughs> okay. Miss Casey, well, you just want to stay younger with all them little girls at college. I said, no, it's not that. <laughs> well, besides, I think mom may put a little coloring in her hair, too. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. You know, it gets me. It's the Christmas season. We're talking about, you know, Jesus coming here. And most people, when they think Christmas, they think, what am I going to get? You know, and I noticed a few weeks ago that Forever Twenty One, a clothing company, because Phil, you've probably never even heard of it. Forever Twenty One, you do a lot they, of shopping there. They don't? sell look, they sell clothes with one theme in mind. If you wear these clothes, you will forever be twenty one. Now, where do they get that concept? I have no idea. Well, guess what <laughs> happened about three or four weeks ago? Forever Twenty One went bankrupt. Uh oh. Uh, well, yes, so it, much for that. It's coming together for me now. <laughs> but my so, point is, so much of so it is forever. About, Twenty-one is forever gone. Forever gone. Yeah. And I was, I was speaking somewhere. I was like, the only way you're gonna be forever twenty-one is Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> better. Well, this is truly dying the old whiskers dark, so the ducks can't see you. That is precisely why I did that. That's right. You know, your ducks are they, they're pretty slick. Well, and the oh, paranoia sets in. The more you, know, you turn your head and your your white beard, it, they see that. So 
up in a, the thicket. There's nothing that bright white except a crane sitting over there. Right. You might fool them and they think it's a crane in the bushes. Well, I for a know. while, you look, it looked like moss hanging from a tree. Yeah. But it, it, when it gets too white, they know it's too not white. moss. <laughs> well, I, all I know is the more you we don't kill ducks, the more paranoid yeah. people get in a duck blind. And oh, right. I know That's, everybody's touting the fact that there's no difference between males and females these days. Everybody did just, <laughs> I, I'm 50 genders. I'm a cat, I'm a dog, I'm a human, I'm a male, I'm a female, and everybody's wondering what they are. But the bottom line is women never have to worry about lengthy whiskers on their face most women. what little most a little peach fuzz and they pop that they, they pull that out but they don't get to looking like this no <laughs> not if they're That's female a true statement. <laughs> well, yeah. if they do they typically aren't they don't connect very well yeah yeah i'm just saying you yeah. wind up in a carnival yeah but yeah, yeah you're right it's the land of genders and you decide and i saw the other day the first man had a baby i was like no no. no, it was touted as the first man has a baby. I was like, yeah. uh, no, a man didn't have a baby. No, now, I don't no. know what, what we're calling what, but it wasn't. That doesn't work that way. But Biology then, hasn't changed in this internet age. Now it's all about the headline. You know, yeah. it, you they'll put a headline up there, and then you start reading it, and it has nothing to do. Right. I mean, they just want you to stop, click, and read. And really, you don't even have to read it. Just stop and click, and therefore you get the ads pop in front of you and then go on to the next headline. And it don't even have to be true. No, most of it's not true. They're filled with every kind of wickedness, greed, just depravity. So we're full-scale paranoid. Sai was wanting to go yesterday. He wanted to move to a place that I've scouted. He hadn't been there. Sai don't scout. He barely makes it to the blind, and he sits there. And if we're not killing ducks, he's like, we're in the wrong hole. I'm like, based on what? You're scouting? So Cy wanted us all move yesterday to a place that I just scouted that's dry land. Yeah. I was like, Cy, I'm not going and hunting dry land. We're deer hunting? I'll put what a we- hundo that if you go there, you will not kill a duck. And he's, you know, but he but never he got off it, though, of it. Well, we've never had a bad hunt there. I'm like, Cy, you hadn't been there since last year. <laughs> Things have changed. <laughs> but it's just, that's what happens when it's slow. So well, we're waiting on the water. Our duck season is slow, but we have plenty to eat. Yeah. Duck wraps, duck and dressing. Mm-hmm. You say, well, you know, y'all are killing plenty to eat for food well, supply. Plenty. Plenty. So we're happy. Yeah. We are. And look, those two milers today, majestic. I mean, yeah. I, it's all I need. It's well, not it is, the quantity, but the quality. It yeah. is interesting that we're all you're, we're all getting older. I noticed the opening day. I looked around. I thought, you know, there's only one man in our duck line that's under fifty. Yeah, and that's my son-in-law Stone, and he ain't far behind. He's about forty-five. Yeah. So I thought, you know, we're all getting older. But one of the good things about getting older is when we were when you're younger, you, you're a little bit more. You know, you're you're you want to kill everything all the time. You yeah. you'll go chase. You'll crawl yeah. on your belly to get them. Now everybody's a little more into comfort. Like like you said, you can work two ducks in a beautiful watch it all happen and be satisfied. Just like you well, know. it's the uh, challenge. I mean, if you're shooting ducks where there are no ducks, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, a lot of people would say, "Well, I noticed that uh, I backed off out in the bushes, and I was watching people who build duck calls, but I noticed." They they only they 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 actually pick up their device that they build and been selling for thirty something forty years forty plus. But but I noticed that when they call, it's very sparingly, and they wait till the duck gets in a precise spot out there before mm-hmm. they go, gang 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 three or four little licks, and that and then they don't call anymore, and the duck just comes right on in there. Well, it's Most good. people make the mistake of calling way too much. Well, you watch, if you, you watch, would think if, I, if I, I'm a guy who came up with duck commanders. It would be call. in your marketing interest to say, you need to be calling all the time, oh, yeah. but, you, but that doesn't work. Listen, I got a highball that'll ring. You know, <laughs> Look, oh, people all do. we do is a little bit on the side. Yeah. It's at the precise moment, their tail's towards you, we just go, we kind of drag our first note, and we stop. And look, they'll just turn, they just come right in But there. think about why he's coming. Look, a single miler drake has broken off the herd. Why? Because this time of year, right before they go back north, they're looking for a woman. Yeah, got to find a mate. And so here he's by himself, so you know what, it, 99% of the time, that's what he's doing. Right. Why is he by himself? So when you call... 
there's a connection, especially if he locks his wings. I mean, it'd be like, just like you, you know, being at school or whatever, when you, before you got married and you say something to a girl, well, if she ignores you, guess what? You're out. Yeah. But, now it's an internet dating website. She, That's look, how they find each other. Now. But if she starts talking to you, you're like, oh, see. Okay. A Drake so, looking for a mate comes by. We let him come over a time or two. He gets his back toward us so he doesn't have a real good reference point. Well, if he's looking for a mate, he's like, oh, my goodness. She, I hit, I well, hit, she I called the, because she saw it. I hit the so jackpot. He, yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> she noticed me. <laughs> right. So let me go take another look. Oh, she she did it again. She yeah. called again. So, so when you're drawn to that sound, whether you're a, a duck or a human, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, well, running running the wrong woman can well, get you killed. Let's say, be wary. But look, that's why what we'll do sometimes is if they won't come in, they circle six times. Well, then after field call, I'll call behind there because then he's like, oh, now I got two of them interested. Yeah. I got to get in there now. Competition. Yeah. Same thing as humans. There you go. Duck of course, there's a lot of them who look down, they're more mallards, they think. Something ain't right about that setup. I think I see something moving in the brush over there. You know, the well, that's the same yeah, thing like, with uh, human beings. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. you got a couple something, women talking to you oh, later. Oh, yeah, something not like, right about I'm it. I'm not sure that sexy Lexi is who who I think yeah, she is. Right. Maybe there's some uh, some old guy in, in the basement. A up in there, and they take off the other way, and you're like, wait a minute, who moved? What <laughs> happened? But they're, they're looking. These ducks danger, are danger. One mistake, and you're in a pot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there are a lot of – I never realized. Same as some, life. Same as life. One mistake. And you, you know, what is that Proverb 7 that said, stay away from the adulteress because her, her way is the highway to hell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Dad, this is the uh, Quip toothbrush. Which I is tried a, that last night. Yeah, so tell us what tell us what your experience. This is brand new. This is hot off the presses. Dad tried his first. I'm seventy three years old, and uh, I had never owned a an electric toothbrush. Never tried one, but on a whim, I said, "You know what? <laughs> this thing that that might work pretty good." You know, so I said, "I'd like to have one of those." So I ordered one. And I tried it out last night. I would say, as far as toothbrushes go, I don't know how in the world you'd ever beat that thing. I mean, <laughs> well, that will brush your teeth. Basically, what happens is is these guys have figured out that the electric toothbrush can do a lot more than you can just working in that same area. No you, doubt about you, it. You, so you're getting a lot more coverage. You're getting a lot deeper and get a lot of the stuff out of there. And I'd say, Dad, with uh, with you, that's probably a good thing. Oh, yeah. it's a very good thing. Yeah, I tried it last night. I, I said, I'm... And Miss Kay said, what's that, what's that tooth, what is this, what came in this bag? I said, that's my new toothbrush, don't be messing with that. So, Dad is a happy and pleased customer uh, with, no the, doubt about with it. the Quip toothbrush. And so, look, it's Christmas season. It's great uh, to be able to get for somebody to give them a shot, maybe try it out. Uh, it's a great gift. It's a practical gift. Everybody needs a toothbrush. Why not get an electric one that works? Um, the Sonic Vibrations, it's got a little timer in it that's every 30 seconds. Basically, it lets you know. Could you feel the little shift in there when yeah, it's time to? I thought it was just getting another gear or doing something. <laughs> <laughs> basically so you thought you were ramping up as you went I along thought you were ramping up i said you know i, I was just you know I, didn't, I never tried one i should have probably explained there it. was a certain pauses in there i'm thinking well that's all well that meant working on a different part of your been, you know, it's just the idea is 30 seconds you work on the outside you know inside. you have to i was just getting used to it's already moving <laughs> that's right you, you were time, trying to move it well, the same yeah, time. for 73 years if you're doing this you tend to want to do this instead of saying wait a minute this thing's already doing that. I just need to hold on to it. Well, here's the beauty of it, Dad. So now that you've started, use it every day. They're basically going to deliver by mail. You get some new brush heads, some new floss, and toothpaste. You got a little floss that comes out of it. Yeah. I haven't tried that yet. Right. Well, there you go. Flossing is next for Phil. He, there's no telling what's going to happen when he finally gets all the discoveries. They'll send it to you every three months. That way you keep some fresh stuff uh, going along. Three million customers so far. Uh, so obviously it works. So uh, think about it for the Christmas season or try it yourself. Getquip.com slash Robertson. Getquip.com slash Robertson. It's going to save you on your gift sets. On your first, uh, you get a first refill for free uh, if you use that slash Robertson. Um, so check it out. Getquip.com slash Robertson. Join Phil for the first time in 73 years. I hereby officially endorse that particular product. There you That'll go. That'll work. 
Check it out. Quip. That's Proverbs 7. Her, That's her slain are a mighty throng. Yeah, the, it's all, I noticed in Ecclesiastes, it's talking about women who seduce men. But these days in America, it's always the men who are after the women. I, I haven't heard anyone say that women ever make the mistake of seducing men. Not once have I heard that. You reckon that's ever happened? A woman I, seduced a man and brought him good, down? I think well, that's I've a good a, possibility. I've had a few women come up and make some gestures, you know. Yeah. Oh, you were being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Where are we today, Al? <laughs> well, I guess this is a perfect segue because we're talking about why we need Jesus, Yep. which is uh, perfect for the end of that discussion. But we talked about last time uh, the idea that as we were looking from the Old Testament forward, that Jesus was predicted. Uh, what all these prophecies? I wonder how. Many, what is the number on the prophecies? Oh, it's it's uh, hundreds, hundreds yeah. of prophecies, and you know, a prophecy was was in time, real time, as to whatever was being going on in the Old Testament. But then we would see them pointing forward. You get these little glimpses, so I could see where people would miss it in their day. But we have the hindsight of being able to look back. And one of those we talked about was that, that you know out of the, all the kings that were there, there was just a handful of them that actually had a heart for God. One of them was David. And God told him something interesting in 2 Samuel 7, 16. He said, your house, talking about David, and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So he was he was, you know, as, and you can imagine David's hearing this coming from God. And this is at the end, you know, end. He's hearing this and he's thinking, I'm sure he's thinking physical, you know, but it's just sure. going to go. Sure. But of course, what God was relaying was something that would happen through his lineage, which would be Christ. Well, and if I, I just happened to be there in Luke 1 when Mary had this conversation with the, the angel, I think it's Luke 1 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, the angel, because it said, you know, the angel said, Greetings. You have found favor with the Lord, you know, and we'll. You have an angel tell you that. She's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, which was the prophecy. And then it says, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And then it says his kingdom will never end, which is what we brought up in in a previous podcast about this prediction Daniel of the kingdom. Two. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the king. Here's the kingdom. Here's from the, the line of David, which would have been a fulfillment of a lot of prophecies. Well, in two, in two different gospels deals with the lineage uh, coming you know, all the way down the pike. And it's interesting because the one in Matthew 1, you follow it down, the lineage, and you see it comes to Joseph, who was the earthly father of Jesus, but wasn't engaged in him. You know, he wasn't physically, biologically his father because right. she was a virgin, right? But And yet God still made sure that lineage went through David. So you go back and you look over in Luke 3, and there's another lineage there. A lot of the same names you recognize, but guess what? When it gets to David, it forks, and it's a different son. But then it goes all the way to Mary. So God was making sure we all knew that this lineage was going to come through David, and it was two different sons. They fork off there, but it still winds up with Mary and Joseph, which is really interesting that God we tracked just died. it all the way from Genesis to about five or six hundred BC, and then you just have to go with kind of secular history, right? From there on into when Jesus actually showed up, but but the lineage is there, the seed line. Do you know what I found interesting too? I was reading this this morning for you. Matt Owens and I looked at that. But it wasn't that just God just said, okay, I'm going to come through a virgin. You know, it was like other circumstances around. You had Zachariah and uh, Elizabeth Mm -hmm. who he, he, he prepared the way that he has the, he is the author of the womb because here was Elizabeth who couldn't have kids and all of a sudden, it's and like, she and Mary are related; they're cousins. Yeah. yeah, and I think he did that, which would produce John the Baptist, as a way to realize, okay, because it's so unbelievable to believe, especially if you're a virgin. <laughs> I mean, what? 
it, it's like almost impossible. So that's he, why he, people he, who don't believe in God scoff at it. All right. It's too outlandish for them to say. But if you read the story, it, it, it's really uh, inspiring because that happens right before because John the Baptist prepared the way. Well, he came here uniquely too from a barren woman, which is what didn't seem possible. And what I always found uh, funny about the story is Zachariah, since he didn't believe it was going to happen, you know, he has an encounter with God. He was God, a priest, yeah. And he said, I don't believe it. So, so the Lord made him where he couldn't speak after he told him. And he came out doing sign language, trying to tell people <laughs> that God was going to give him a son, which is, you know, I thought, man, if I had that power, because size the worst one. I mean, you know, I tell him we're going to go do something about the duck. We're going to go here. Well, he, he never believes it. Well, then it happens, and all of a sudden it was his idea. But I thought, <laughs> which I thought, you know what I really need in that situation is that. I just don't want to hear anything he has to say if you could just until he it. sees it. Because then he saw it, and it said his tongue was loosed. And then he was able to say, okay, I was wrong. I hope that was the first thing he said. <laughs> but when I read that, I, it, you know, it, it meant a lot more to think, well, you know, it kind of makes sense that the one that prepared the way came in a way where Mary could say, okay, this is, this is doable. I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy. And you brought up that impossible. In that section, my, one of my favorite verses is Luke one thirty seven. right after he said, this has happened, he'll be the son, you know, a, a great one from the, the Most High. It says, for nothing is impossible with God, Luke one thirty seven, Because Elizabeth, you know, verse 36 says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. So she was six months ahead, but it said, for nothing is impossible with God. That was the principle he was trying to get them all to see. Even Jesus coming from a virgin God. Earth. But even think about the practical of what that did for Mary. We talked about this last time. She, I mean, she's like a lot of young women today, except that the way she got pregnant was different. And she knew that. And her husband knew that, Joseph, her betrothed. But nobody else knew that. So she had that pressure, you know, as, as her belly begins to grow, everybody's looking at her like, you know. And Joseph is hedging a little bit. He's too. hedging, and so everybody's like, yeah, give me the virgin birth thing. So she doesn't have anywhere to go where anybody can, you know, will say anything other than, yeah, we, we heard the story, except for Elizabeth. So mm-hmm. she packs up, like a lot of young women do when they're in trouble, because, you know, they're ashamed. And she goes off to find somebody to talk to. It just so happens that it's the person who God has has wrought his own miracle for her to become pregnant. And you remember when she walks in and she first sees Elizabeth. What were they, about six months apart? Six months apart in terms of uh, John the being Baptist, pregnant. then Jesus. So, and he was the forerunner. So remember, I mean, what, yeah. remember what she said when she comes and first speaks to Elizabeth. She said, the baby in my womb just leapt for joy Yeah. when you mentioned about what happened. I've always liked I mean, that. that was be- incredible. Because people, there's a group of people in our world who don't believe their babies want, if they're inside their mother's womb, you know. But he even knew at that moment through, because it was God's providence, but that, so, that Somehow just, the that, presence of Jesus impacted John the Baptist in, in the womb. In the womb. That they're, therefore it's, encouraged the moms. I mean, It's that's a powerful incredible. It's a moment, super powerful Because moment. really it comes down to whether you're in the womb or outside of it, it comes down to where is the baby coming from? I mean, that, that is the question. Well, you know, Lisa and, I, Lisa and I do a lot of work on behalf of the pro-life movement in the country. I mean, and part of the reason why is because Lisa had an abortion when she was 16 because she was faced with it. It wasn't my child, but we, it was in between us dating. But she was forced into that thought process because the world says it's not really a baby. And her own parents believed the lie and said, you know what, it's better for you to just go. It's not really a baby anyway. It's just a blob of tissue. And so she went and aborted her baby, something that she's regretted for the last almost now 40 years. Even though we got together, obviously we had children. So we we, we tell that story to people. We're just like, look, when, when something when you you're pregnant, you obviously, you know, whether you're married or unmarried, there's now a child growing inside of you that 
it matters. It matters in the world. Who knows what's going to happen with this life? That's designed by God. Designed by God. here for a purpose. And yeah. when you think about it, when you abort a baby, you're not just aborting one life, but you're aborting a generation of lives that would Mary, come from that life. Mary could have easily have done back then what women do now. Exactly. Well, they're all saying that, they're all saying that, you know, I'm not married, so, I, so I'm pregnant here, and I, I know what they're going to think. Right. So the best thing to do, just get rid of this. So, so Jesus probably would have been a victim of a of abortion, very wow, possible. That's a great point. I never thought about that. Well, what what if that Mary time, had aborted the, the Savior of the world? Well, that's at what that I'm time, saying. the king yeah. was, they were killing all the babies. I mean, you, you and, and you see that even in history. That was kind of their way. If any They've prophecy, been killing babies for a long, yeah. long yeah. time. Well, they got, they'd get wind of a prophecy, these kings. Well, they start killing all the babies. It happened with Moses, remember? Yeah. Yep. Because he, you know, they were fearful of the Hebrews, so they told the midwives, you know, you kill the boys and let the girls live. Well, I couldn't yep. remember this in Jesus's story. Was it before they were born or after? It was after. They, yeah. It was up to two years old because he got the prophecy later. You know, you remember the Magi stopped and visited King Herod on their way to find Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when they shared with him what they were doing, all of a sudden he starts getting nervous. He's like, "Wait a minute." The, the king, again, he's thinking physical kingdom. He's thinking somebody he's is thinking phys- competition. He's, that is true. As much as, as we're negative about about our world, I mean, we got the ruler of their kingdom in that day saying, let's go kill all two-year-old babies. Yeah. And it happened. I mean, <laughs> a, after what? after that, he thought, well, all right, so once it happened, then he thought, wait a minute, I got to trace this back. It's been last within the last two years when those guys were here. So let's just kill every two-year-old male. In Israel, and, and the edict went down. How many? You know, then there's a verse that says the the weeping and the crying reached the father. Uh, I think it's in uh, where was it? Oh, it's in Hosea eleven one, Jeremiah thirty one. Those are the prophecies. And then you get to Matthew two, and it tells the story. I'm sitting here talking to you two boys, my sons, and y'all. We we begat myself and your mother, and I'm just thinking. What if we had just said, "No, let's 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 kill them." We wouldn't be having this conversation That's right, right now, right? I mean, you just think about what a loss that would have been. Well, we actually—that's part of our story, Dad. We, when when Mom is with us, you know, Lisa made a decision at sixteen. Mom was sixteen. Yep. When she got pregnant with me, and so yep. even though you and her probably never talked about that, it's somewhere in the mind that's always an option, even ten years before yep. Roe v. Wade. Yep. But it she never came up. With that's her. what she said. She said, you know, the way she was raised, she knew that even if you said, you know what, uh, that's too much pressure for me because you had just signed to play at Tech. You know, she said, I would have just live with my grandmother and we'd have, I'd have just raised you, you know, on my own if, if, yeah. if Phil would have said no. Yeah, that never came So up. that was her mindset. But I mean, so people need to know that. I would have said, are, are you nuts? Yeah, it was, you were, you were raised differently. Yeah. That, that was murder. I thought about Tim Tebow, you know, I think their situation was a medical condition where they recommended that she abort her baby, Tim Tebow's mom. And she's like, you know what? No. I mean, I'm praying. I'm going with the power of God. I'm just not doing it. Well, and guess who came out? Tim Tebow. That's right. I mean, anybody <laughs> who knows him, he's one of the most inspirational, positive people that helps so many people that can't help themselves. It's incredible. You know? So, so God did all this to get Jesus here, and it's interesting because the Bible in Luke one and two, and Matthew one and two, three. You see where all this kind of lays out. There was a lot of miraculous things that happened to get him here. Then he gets here, and really the Bible just kind of goes dark about Jesus' growing up for 30 years. You see a little glimpse here. One time he was 12. I mean, Isaiah, well, Isaiah, yeah, he look- says he grew in strength, and you know, and, and the 12, when he was 12, he was missing for three. You know, they, he, went to the, they went to the, the Passover, and he got left behind. Yeah, Isaiah makes a strange statement. This is 712 years before the baby was in Mary's womb, the birth of Jesus. Who has believed our message, Isaiah 53? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He's talking about Jesus. Watch. He grew up before him, Jesus did, before his father, like a tender shoot. What does it mean, Al? And like a root out of dry ground. 
no beauty, no majesty to attract us, nothing in his appearance that we should desire. So Ordinary. You know, a root out of dry ground is you're in the middle of the of Death Valley and you look out there in the middle of the thing and you see a little green shoot sticking up out of all that dry, dry, dry. And you're like, whoa, where in the world did that come? A root out of dry ground, meaning he just didn't fit. Yeah. And, and he was on purpose ordinary, not yeah. extraordinary. Nothing about his physical appearance. Nope. Nothing about the way he handled himself. Because, again, remember we've talked the about. pictures you see, that's kind of been, you can tell. <laughs> he, this is he didn't look no, like a Middle Eastern this guy. This is no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. If you turn it around and just take that for what it says, he wasn't much to look at. Yeah. He didn't stand out among men like tall, handsome, and uh, right. no, physique, and nope. You notice even the Hollywood. In fact, Al, right after that, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, familiar with surfing. And here's what I've always thought. What does it mean? Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Now, if you hide your face from somebody when you see him coming, you're, you see him and you're like, oh, and you turn your head. You, you can't look at him. That's what Isaiah said he would be like. Right. That is pretty yeah, the amazing. The Bible says you brought up Hollywood, which is a great characteristic all the movies they made about jesus he always looks the same he acts different because he can't be human he's got to act subhuman and he uh, you know he's beautiful looking beautiful it's like a androgynous looking with and yet at the same time piercing like you know what i'm saying they always do it like it was their image but it's not a biblical when you read the bible it's not practical you remember when he came to nathaniel and you know first he said he did something miraculous. He's like, hey, you remember when you were under that tree in a field thinking about, you know, the stairway to heaven? <laughs> I saw you there. I knew what you were thinking. I mean, <laughs> does it exactly say that? But that was the impression he gave. <laughs> but then he's like, well, aren't you from Nazareth? When, well, you can't be a man of God. Nothing good. Once he saw him and said, where are you from? I mean, that'd be like us, you know, some of our parts of town here. You're is, from uh, War 9? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You're from Warren 9. You Which, by the way, if he said, I'm from Balkanville, you're like, Balkanville. Balkanville. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, he's no. out. So, look. So, by the way, let's let's talk about that because everybody, all the Pharisees, they kept saying that. Can any good thing come from Nazareth? This was a section of Israel. Everybody was like, oh. It was in the north. It's close to Samaria. We talked about the split kingdom. But it's interesting. They had no idea that he was born in Bethlehem. He shouldn't have been. The only reason he wound up there is because it was a census, remember? And so Joseph and Mary had to go down there because that's where they were. They had to register where you're from. So they go down. Well, she wasn't planning to have the baby there, and yet she does. But what they didn't realize is that all these circumstances were happening because in the Old Testament, that Bethlehem birth back to the city of David, that's where David's from, by the way, mm-hmm. would prophecy, had to, prophecy be had to be fulfilled. So it's funny, all this abuse, and Jesus never corrects them. He never says, well, I'm not actually, I wasn't born in Nazareth. He just takes the abuse, yep. you know, yep. and yet he wasn't. It'd be, it'd be like us saying, it'd be like you, meet you and I, Jay, saying we're from West Monroe. If somebody asked you where you're from, you'd say West Monroe, right? Yeah. So, But you're not really, you weren't born in West Monroe. You were yeah. born in Ruston. So was I. But nobody would ever know that because we grew up here. And that's yeah. exactly what happened with Jesus. He he was a, he was from Nazareth because that's where we grew up. He was actually born in Bethlehem, which fulfilled the prophecy. But the Pharisees didn't know that. You know, wait, they, well, well, they still don't believe. I mean, you know, when I went to Israel two years ago, we, we had a church service in Bethlehem that's now Muslim, Islam controlled. Really? And here, oh, yeah. And here we go. And the guy gets up and preaches. You know, we had a Saturday service because they moved their times around. And that the building where we at, it had been bombed 14 times. And the man that was preaching had been shot five times in the chest. His brother was killed with axes and knives. His son had been kidnapped. We had water, buckets of water down the aisles because they say if they throw some kind of fire cocktail in here, we that's to... Because I leaned over and said, "What? What's the buckets of water all about?" 
And at first I was, I have to admit, I was a little fearful because I thought, <laughs> could this be number 15? Because once we crossed that wall and went into Bethlehem from Israel into the Palestine, which is they controlled right. Bethlehem, the whole mood changed. I never saw a woman. The, the men that looked at me looked at me like, I want to hurt you. It, it just had a different vibe. And now we're going to pull up and start singing and have a guy preach Jesus, one of the greatest sermons I've ever heard about Jesus. But he was still saying the same things we're talking about. Oh, he was here. He was born here, and wow. he's coming back here, and we're leaving here. And as he talked, you know, I thought, this, this is this is what we we should be believing. This guy, he he's not backing off, and he deems their threats as God is... God is with me. The reason they quit attempting to kill his life is the last two times they thought he was dead and he wasn't. Well, it spooked them because they thought, well, maybe there is something to this. <laughs> maybe God's <laughs> they, keeping us alive. They shot the man five times. He was left that walked out of the church building. They did a drive by and he took five bullets in the chest and lived and still preaching. And when he got out of the hospital, guess what? He went back and started preaching again. He told a funny story about, he said, you know, the one thing that upset me, not the getting shot, not my son getting kidnapped, not even my brother dying, because I know where he's at. I know he'll be back. He said, but what they did to shut him up is they would pull up with loudspeakers in the back of their trucks while he was trying to do service. They quit threatening his life because they were scared of him. But, but you couldn't hear him over the speakers that they were, you know, spewing their whatever their theology was and he said nobody could hear what i was saying they were drowning him out so he said i wrestled day and night and i was thinking what am i gonna do what am i gonna do and i was crying out to the lord and he said and then the lord said which everybody kind of stopped like is he saying the lord spoke to him you know and he said buy bigger speakers (laughs) 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 and so he said i "I have speakers," and you could see them they're mounted Pointed in every direction, and they go up to five miles. So you're not going to drown him out. You're not drowning him out. And he said, if they bomb them, I'll buy some more. That's funny. Because we were in New York at a pro-life rally that was right in the middle of Times Square. We've all been Times Square. You know how crazy that is, the gyrating screens. Yeah, that's that's the word that came to my mind. Yeah, Dad said, everywhere I look is gyrating giant humans. (laughs) And so we were in the middle of that thing. Same thing, Dad. It's about, I'd say there were 20,000 pro-life, largest pro-life rally ever in the state of New York. And I was a part of it. And there was probably about 1,000 protesters kind of off to the side because it's just right in the middle. I mean, it's just a mecca of activity. But I noticed the people at Fogos are pretty smart because they, they had brought drums, the protesters, they had drums and, and uh, musical thing. You know, they were going to drown out what, the message, kind of what Jason is describing. But they brought in some major, major sound. And so, like, the whole thing was going on. There was worship and people were speaking. And you could just way, way off. You heard a boom, boom, boom. Just like, like a little small, like a little small noise off in the distance, you know. But I was, get bigger speakers. I mean, that's, that's exactly. Sometimes oh, that's was, pretty good. I was so inspired when I, I cut him a big check on the spot. Because I said, I'll support that. I mean, this guy oh, was risking yeah. his life every day. Oh, I'm telling and you. he said, I said, well, how many members do you have here? And he said, about 300, but they come, you know, we, we, we don't, we never do anything at the same time. But, you know, they rotate the schedule that because they don't want to get them all hemmed up in yeah, one right. place. And they'll just you don't bomb. get complacent. Well, they don't want to get bombed while yeah. they're all together at one time. So, uh, and he said, everyone's real poor at our church. And he said, it's not what you think. He said, because they've been blackballed from this community. They want, You can't get a job because they believe in Jesus. So not only are they going to persecute you, if you follow Jesus in that country, in that region, in Bethlehem, modern-day Bethlehem, nobody's going to hire you. So they just try to get every – you're talking about persecution. You wake wow. up every morning. Somebody's trying to kill you, and they don't want to give you any money. But he just, he said, you know, I feel like this is my place. I was like, well, you're you're at the cutting edge of spiritual warfare here. And when I got back, it made me feel a lot more bold because around here, somebody may insult you. 
Well, that's about as far as it goes, you know. This one, I mean, social media insults, really. That, I mean, when you think about it in terms of persecution, that's what we'll say with somebody. They're speaking bad about me compared to I, that I guy. Pay, I pay no, no matter. I mean, that's that. just flowing off. If I pay I'll, no attention to it. No, but you know you what? I'm gonna say this. You know, we've read. I mean, we've kind of referenced Luke one, Luke two, and Luke three, and you see all these miracles that happen, you know, barren women having children, virgin woman having the, you know, Jesus. And, but in all those situations, it became about Jesus, who he was, then how it all happened. And I think that's an important point. It's like, even with that guy in Bethlehem, a lot of things that have happened to him seems borderline miraculous. He don't talk about that. I mean, he didn't talk. I found out later he'd been shot five times and had been. He didn't tell you that. He didn't tell me that. He got up there and said, I want to introduce someone to you. And he knew we were kind of a church group. Most of us were church people. But he acted like we had never been introduced to Jesus. And I think that's the same concept. It's like that one little phrase that I read in Luke 1 when it said, "Well, well, nothing's impossible for you because... You have a the miracle worker. This is the creator. It's not just a, a a good fella. It's not just someone's gonna help you out. He, he's a miracle worker. Uh, that's not a problem. And so that's why I think you can justify all these guys living uh, living and then dying violent deaths because really it's not really a problem. You know, and it wasn't a, a problem. It's like we for talked the, about for last, the Bethlehem preacher. It's like you know? we talked about last time, Peter who we use for our example, he went from a guy that was just focused on what he thought he should get to a guy who just would do anything for Christ. And that's what mm-hmm. you saw at the end of his life, which is powerful. So yeah. obviously the reason we've been talking about this is we're in the Christmas season, as they say, but it's important to to remember what's most important about what we're talking about. And the birth of Jesus, really it's, it's fascinating, as we talked about today, but it's really only fascinating that it leads to the life of Jesus the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus and obviously everything that goes along with that. So next time we'll, we'll flesh that out a little bit more um, and kind of get into why he came. And also more importantly, I think for us is, is he coming back? Uh, Because that's what we're all looking forward to. So appreciate you guys as always. Uh, Merry Christmas uh, to all of you. Remember what's most important uh, about the Christmas season. We are so glad you're watching and listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes, and it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word and watching and listening to Unashamed with Phil Robertson.